Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, for the mandate that you've given me this morning. And I thank you, Lord, that your spirit speaks through me. And Lord, the words that I speak will be like a polished arrow that finds its place in the hearts and minds of each person. Lord, open hearts, open minds to receive the engrafted word of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Bishop and his wife are on the way. They've been at a funeral this morning, so they're on their way here right now. And uh, I just thank God for the relationship that we've had for the past 14 years. So, uh, you know, God does amazing things. He'll take someone from a small place in Scotland and, and put him in a, a relationship. You see, every day we must thank God for divine appointments and divine connections. It's divine appointments and divine connections that will take you to the place where you need to go. For God has people for your life. He has people that will open doors for you that no man can shut. Can you say amen to that? So I'm sharing a message. It's like a part two of a message I shared before, and I'm sure everybody remembers that. I'm sharing on the great multitude mindset. How many of you remember me sharing that one? Thanks. So let's look at the, the word, get straight into the word here. Luke 5, chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read through that, and then I'm going to make some comments. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. As he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now... When he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets, let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Say a great multitude. And their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, partners of this, uh, who were there with them, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him were astonished at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. This week is all about... Uh, vision. It's about the uh, overflowing vision. It's about the vision we're moving into. And I believe that this is pertinent uh, word for everyone in the church, the body of Christ internationally, that is, that they would have 
a mindset that was uh, impacted by multitude. There's so many billions of people. They say by the end of 2020, there'll be 8 billion people in the world. That would mean if every one of you had a church this size, we still wouldn't touch the world. Are you with me? If you don't know what 8 billion is, then you don't realize just how great that is. So if everyone had a church here, and everyone that's had a church in South Africa had a church as big as this, you still wouldn't touch 8 billion people. So we need to have a mindset which is bigger than uh, the mindset that we've grown up with. Everything that we've got in our mind is something that we've learned from the time we were in our mum's womb. So the first thing I want to point out is Jesus came and he preached uh, and by the lake. And the reason he preached by the lake is because voices carried further over the lake. So he needed a ship, uh, a boat to get into. And he asked Peter to, or, or Simon at that time, if he would take his boat out. And uh, uh, Peter didn't realize at that time that this was going to be an eternity-changing moment in his life. Sometimes uh, Jesus will speak to you, and he will ask you for something, and you say, I- I'm too busy right now. I've-, I've got something else to do. I've got to go to the store. I've got to finish this project. What Jesus asks you to do can be an eternity-changing moment. These moments come along in your life, and you should never miss the moment. At Christmas time, I always share on Simeon's moment. Simeon waited for, for generations unto, unto see, to see the salvation of the Lord. And he says, now I've, I've received that moment, I can go and die. So God has a moment for every one of us, and we must be ready for that moment. We must have our eyes expecting that moment to come. Paul says in Philippians 1.20, I have an eager desire and persistent expectation. We must have persistent expectation in our lives. Church, we must have persistent expectation that something good is going to happen. Something great, something life-changing, something eternity-changing is going to happen in your life today. It's like when you come to a church like this, are you filled with expectation of what you will hear? Do you, are, are, you say, are you saying to the Holy Ghost, speak to me today, speak to me today. What do I need? What do I need to take me to the next level in my life, to take me where you have a, a plan for me to go? So Peter had this life-changing moment, and uh, he still didn't realize it. And Jesus had stopped speaking, and he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Now, I'm sure you've all heard this before, but Jesus said, nets, plural. When Jesus gives us an instruction, that instruction must be carried out to the letter. Amen. If he says, go here and take this person with you, or, or do this, or uh, go and speak to that person, then you do it just the way he tells you to do it. Amen. So uh, the word goes on and says, and uh, Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled 
Now, we heard last night that toiling doesn't bring in the harvest. Sowing brings in the harvest. Toiling doesn't. They toiled all night and got nothing. Amen. We toil and toil, but if we don't have the right focus, we won't get the harvest. And we have taken nothing, nevertheless. And Jesus is a God of nevertheless. It's always the more. He's a God of much more. At thy, wor- at, at thy word, I will let down the net, singular. You see, he, he missed what Jesus said. Jesus said, let down the nets. You see, uh, uh, we're getting to a place where his expectation wasn't the same as Jesus' expectation for him. How many times are we don't have the same expectation for ourselves that Jesus has for us? That's what uh, uh, Apostle and Bebwe's um, mi- mi- ministry was all about. Who do you see yourself as? Do you see, what's your image of yourself? Have you got the image of Christ in you? Have you got the image of the greatness of Christ and the power of God that's available to you? This is, this is what happens when we don't. We let down the net and not the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Say, great multitude. It was so much that they were astonished. Have you ever been astonished? Wow. Woo, look at this. So they were all astonished. When, when you start to do the works of Jesus and start to obey the, the word of Jesus, you will, you will become an astonishment. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you astonish me. You see, that's where Jesus wanted them to be, to that, being that, in that place of an astonishment to the lost. And, and we just look on a bit. And Jesus said to Simon, fear not from henceforth. Well, the, the, the draft of fish was too uh, amazing that they couldn't pull the nets in. They had caught more fish than they had ever caught in their fishing expeditions. Now, Jesus did that for a reason, because everything God does, he paints a word picture for us before, or he paints a picture of it so that we can see what he wants us to do. Amen? So he showed them the multitudes of fish. Now, they were looking at the multitudes of fish, but Jesus saw those fish as men or women or people. Are you with me? And he had to show them something that was beyond their realm of influence and beyond something that they could ever do in the natural. He showed them by this great draft of fish. And then he goes on and says, fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. And when they had brought the ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. When you have such an eternity-changing moment, you will forsake all and follow him. Amen? I, I just think of, of Bishop Moza and uh, the 36-year anniversary of this church, and I think of what he has done to get to where this church is today. He forsook all. 
Amen? When you forsake all, you, you start to show that you're serious with God. Amen? We, we've, we've, we've got to give up to go up. Amen? We've got to give up something to go up. We've got to give up comfort and, uh, and doing what we think is the right thing and yielding our life to God. We've got to get up in the, the morning and say, Holy Spirit, this is what I'm thinking about doing today. What are you thinking of? And get the Holy Spirit to tell you what you're going to do that day. So Jesus had a different mindset to Simon Peter. The mindset was completely different. And we have to realize that we have to get into the mind of Christ. We've got to know the mind of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians 2.16, the Word of God says, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. So we've got to know what the will of God is for our life. We've got to know where He wants us to go, and we've got to try and think through His mind, and he, we do that by listening to the voice of the Holy Ghost. Amen? I, I, I was thinking about a story. Uh, Arnold, do you know who Arnold Palmer is? The, he's a great golfer. He was one of the greatest golfers in the world. He was the greatest golfer in the world. Okay? Um, I was using this illustration because there's some golfers here. And some would be golfers, and some might be golfers one day. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, Arnold Palmer, between golf seasons, uh, uh, an, uh, an Arab sheikh asked him to come to Saudi Arabia to play golf with him for five days to give him lessons and play golf with him. So because it was between seasons, this is a true story, because it was between seasons, he uh, and the, the sheikh would send his private jet for him, bring him over and give him a, a luxurious time while he was there, uh, he decided to go. So when he was there, um, he had the golf, and then in the last night they were having dinner together, and the sheikh says, I want to give you a gift. So. Arnold Palmer said, I don't need any gifts. He was already a multi-millionaire. He says, I really don't need anything. The, the sheikh says, no, I've got a gift. I want to give you the gift of a club. And Arnold Palmer's thinking, well, he leaves on the plane the next day and he's thinking about this gift and he's thinking, well, this must be a gold-plated club or something because he collects golf clubs and he's thinking, this must be exceptional. So he's checking his email for days and days, and it goes into six weeks, and he gets nothing in the email, and he thinks, oh, the guy's forgotten about it. But at the end of six weeks, DHL comes to his door with a package, and it's the deeds for a golf club in Pennsylvania. 546 acres of golf club with clubhouses and everything. So Arnold, <laughs> you see, the, sh the, the, the sheik was thinking golf club, Arnold Plammer was thinking golf club. <laughs> Are you getting this? Someone with a multitude mindset is thinking different from the mindset that we have. Are you hearing me? I was sitting with 
uh, someone I know one day, and he'd just been given a, a Rolex watch worth 38000 uh, so he says, what do you think of the watch? And I says, wow, it's really nice. So he took it off and gave it to his wife. And he says, see me and watches, I'm not really caring about the watch. $38,000 watch. You see, people in, that live in that mindset think completely different to what we think. So God wants us to expand our mind. He says in Isaiah that we should... Uh, strengthen our stakes and lengthen our, our cords and make room for the big. Well, you see, that's what this message is about this morning. It's about making room for the big. It's about expanding your mindset. It's like getting you out of that place uh, that you've been of limitation that we've been involved in and moving to something far greater. You think about how much you could do if you had over and above all that you could dare ask or think. Think what you could do with that. Amen. Think about the multitudes in the valley of decision. Think about how you could affect their lives. Amen. So I'd like us just to look at the, at the example of Gideon in Judges 6, if you uh, go there with me. And this is when the Midianites had come and they were uh, t- taking everything that the Israelites had. And uh, God comes in verse 10 and he says, also, also I said to you, I'm the Lord your God. Don't fear the gods of the Amorites in whose lands you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. When God speaks, obey his voice instantaneously obey his voice. Amen? And, and verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Amen. Amen. The bishop's in the house. God bless you, bishop. Hallelujah. So here we have Gideon, who's completely thinking totally opposite of what God's thinking. And God had to get him to a place where he would start to see what God sees in him. You see, God is trying to get us to this place, uh, and I shared the scripture yesterday that we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to let God's word expand our mind. You say, well, how do I do that? Start believing and confessing the word of God. Take that word in your heart daily. Uh, Hold fast to your confession of faith. Hold fast to what God says that you are. 
Amen. You're redeemed. You're a child of God. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you and puts you over. That's the picture God's painting of you and your situation. And, and you, you know, you might be sitting there because, uh, uh, you know, uh, we talk at like 300 words a minute. Your subconscious talks at, at 3,000 words a minute or 1,300, something like that. But your subconscious is saying to, your, uh, to, to what's coming into your ears, I don't see how that can happen. I don't know about him. I think he's just uh, waffling up there. I don't know about where he got that stuff from. No, that's what you, you, your subconscious mind is always fighting against your conscious mind. So when, when you hear the truth, the, the, the man's nature is to believe the lie before he believes the truth. And so your, your subconscious mind is saying, no, I don't see how that will ever happen in my life. I don't see how I can do that. I don't see how I can be that. I don't see how I can ever get to that place in life. That's because you haven't filled yourself with the victory scriptures that God has given us. The promises of God are yes and amen. Amen. So as we uh, feast, feast, become fixated. Do you understand what fixated is? As your gaze, your gaze doesn't turn away from the Word of God or what God says. We need to, like Josh meditated on the Word day and night, then God made His way successful. Amen. He was, had courage and a good success. When, when you fixate yourself on something, you will become more than the conqueror. Amen. So that's how we build ourselves up to that place where when God comes to you and says, hey, you can do this. You say, yeah, I'm ready. I've been waiting for the call, Lord. I'm, go I'm moving into it now, Lord, in Jesus' name. You're not going to say, but oh, I, like my wife and I had the opportunity to say, uh, we've never pastored a church before. We've never been in business before. We don't know how to do that. Well, attempt something different. Amen. Do something greater. God says this in Psalm 139, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God, and how great is the sum of them. God's thoughts towards us are for good and not for evil, to take us to the desired end that he has for us. To get to that desired end, we have to do what he asks us to do. We have to see that desired end. Amen? We need that unfolding vision to see the end. And that vision comes and it's renewed through your life. My wife and I, we've renewed our vision. We, we, uh, the the, the um, Schuller who built the Crystal Cathedral, uh, he built this beautiful cathedral in, in, uh, in California, and it was, his family noticed after the cathedral was finished that he was starting to get sick. He was lethargic. He didn't want to get out of bed. He was in depression. And then the family realized that he'd lost his vision, and he had to reestablish vision. 
so that he, and then when he reestablished that vision, his health was reestablished in everything. So when, when, when you don't have that unfolding vision, you'll start to perish. Amen. I believe that uh, God has things in our life for the next 20 years. Amen. I believe that we'll still be vital and vibrant doing the work of God in 20 years' time. Amen. Amen. You say, well, how, how would you do that? Well, the, the Word of God says this in 1 Corinthians 2, but it is written, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, now is it, nor, nor, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So we, we, we really need to get to that place where we're at downloading the mind of Christ into our psyche so that we are running and flowing with the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen. Where do, you where do you want me to go today? What do you want me to do today? How will I do this deal? How, how will the customers react to me? All of those things. We walk in the favor of God. Amen. We prepare the, the angels of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord prepares the atmosphere for us wherever we go so that we walk in the favor of God. Amen. So God has prepared the path for us uh, so that we can successfully get to that place of our destiny. Ephesians 3.20 says in the Amplified Bible, now I know every one of you have heard these scriptures before. I know you've read these scriptures before, but you have to get fixated on these scriptures. Amen. If you, if you need to be in that place where, where you're seeing multitudes, you have to get fixated on the multitudes. How can I, my wife and I are like, how can we reach the nation of Scotland? How can we turn around the, the people of Scotland? You know, that's where Reformation came out of Scotland. It came from Martin Luther, and then it came to Scotland through John Knox. And, and the, ever, the Reformation changed everything. We need a reformation. We, every country needs a reformation of, of the things that are, are, are there in the country. Amen. We need to reform the thinking of people. Amen. It's their thinking uh, uh, the, the great evangelist Finney said, unless you can break through a man's mind, you'll never get to his heart. So something has to touch the mind of man to get to his heart. Amen. So we need strategy to do that. And the, the Word of God says in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly, more than all we dare ask or think. You see, we're not even daring to ask for those things. Ask of me, God says. Whatever you ask in faith, believing, you shall receive. So we're not asking for those, uh, might, those, those mighty things, uh, those superabundant things, those things that like uh, Peter uh, or Simon and the others were amazed at the draft of fish. They were amazed because the draft was so big. God wants us to be amazed at what He's done for, will do for us. 
Amen. We had some people in Ghana throw a birthday party for my wife. We were amazed. I was crying with amazement. I didn't believe anyone would ever do something like that for us in our lifetime. They hired a six-piece gospel band. They hired caterers in. They made my wife a dress. They made big posters for my wife. They'd gone on Facebook and made a, a collage of family photographs. What they had done, they made a three-tier cake and all sorts of things. We were astonished. Amen. But these friends of ours don't think the way we think. That's why we were so astonished. Are, are you getting me? Are you tracking with me? Do superabundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. That's why God gives us dreams in the night, so that we can dream and then tie our hopes to the dreams and hope is the substance of things. Amen. Amen. We need that hope as a rope that we tie to our faith. Amen. That we hold on to our faith with. According to His power that is at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. So we've got to step up our, uh, our game, expand our minds, expand our thinking, dream great dreams. Uh, you know, I think of Genesis 11, uh, verse 6, where uh, the, the, the people all came together. It says in, uh, in Genesis 11 that nothing, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. The people are one. You see, for an unfolding vision, when the people are one, the people must be one. And they all have one language. We're all saying the same thing. Grace Bible Church is my church. Grace Bible Church is the best church in Africa. Grace Bible Church is an international church. It's spreading over the world. It's touching people in every nation. Amen. So they're saying the same thing. We're all speaking the same thing. We're seeing the same thing. We're saying the same thing. And, and they all have what, and this is what they begin to do now. Nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. So when you run with the vision and you talk the vision, nothing that you see will be withheld from you. Amen. God came down at that time and said, we have to stop these people because nothing that they say or propose Will, will, will be withheld from them. So that's a principle that we need to understand. So uh, just in finishing, we have, this is a warning, 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 warning. Guard your thoughts. Guard your thoughts. The Bible says, and you know this verse as well, 2 Corinthians, you know, I heard Kenneth Copeland saying, I know you know these verses, but you need to hear it again and you need to hear it again, and you need to hear it again, because the battlefield's in the mind. 
For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments. When the devil comes and argues with you, you cast that down, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I tell you, that is so vital to bring every thought into captivity. It's, so, it's something that you have to be razor sharp with. You have to be on the edge all the time, not receiving any thought that will corrupt your mind. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 10.20 says. Do not curse the king, even in your thought. Don't curse the king even in your thought. You know, don't say anything against your pastor, even in your thought. Don't say anything against the leaders, even in your thoughts. Don't say anything against your wife, even in the thoughts. Don't say anything against your husband or your children. Uh, my dad, he used to say, Bernard, you'll amount to nothing. He says, all you'll ever do is sweep streets and empty litter. That's what my dad said. He voiced his thoughts. And many dads are like that. Many dads don't know any better because their dad was like that. Are you hearing me? So uh, don't curse anyone even in your thoughts. Don't curse the rich even in your bedroom. What it's saying is just don't talk about people. Just have the right thought about people. Think Philippians 4, 8 of those things which are good, pure, of a good, of a good report. Think on these things. Amen. This is so vital to your, uh, for your walk for God. The, the, the word goes on and says, For a bird of the air may carry your voice, and a bird in flight may tell the matter. But here's actually what happens. You're thinking something and you follow your thoughts. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Your body will go where your thoughts will go. So you'll meet someone that you've been thinking about. No longer can you talk to that person the same way. No longer can you look at that person in the eye anymore because your heart has been tainted because of your talking about them. Amen. Amen. So, so the, the, the word says, don't curse the king. Well, who are the kings? The Bible says in 2 Peter, 1 Peter 2.9 from the, the Passion Translation, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones, that he called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light, and now he claims you as his very own. He did this so you would broadcast his glorious wonders through the world, through the world. So you're the kings. Amen. We are the kings. So don't curse the king because the curse will come back on you. Blessings and cursings flowing with words and action if someone curses you, break it right away. Take, break it off your body right away. Just don't receive it in Jesus' name. There's curses coming all the time, but we pray that the curse return causeless in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen? So, don't have a self-inflicted curse. 
take control of your thoughts. I, I tell my wife and I, we, uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin said this. Someone asked him in his 80s, Brother Hagin, when, when does the enemy stop attacking your mind? He says, when you die. <laughs> so the enemy's always there bringing thoughts, and you've got to take those thoughts cap captive. So that, remember, your life goes in the direction that you're thinking, and if you think uh, outside the box and you have those multitude mindsets, you can do all that you need to do and all that God wants you to do in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So start thinking like that uh, sheik from Arabia that gave Arnold Player a club. Amen. 465 acres of golf club. You see, you've got to start thinking differently. Amen. God bless you. It's so great to be with you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. <laughs>